you have to truly step back and get really, really, really simple and look at the basics. What does my body need to be fertile? Even if you're not trying to get pregnant, you need to be supporting your fertility. That is your health, your vitality. Welcome back to episode number seven of the Freely Rooted podcast. My name is Corey and my co-host Fallon and I are one episode away from the conclusion of season one for this podcast. Wow. It has been such an amazing experience to getting to hear how much you guys are appreciating these topics and conversations. We love doing this for you guys. So we knew that before season one ended, we absolutely wanted to cover the topic of infertility. Since obviously we talk a lot about the motherhood journey on this podcast, and we wanted our listeners to know that it's just as important to us to hold a space for those who are on a motherhood journey, but are struggling to get pregnant. You know, it's estimated that one in eight couples are struggling with infertility. So this is a massive topic. It is a massive conversation and one that we felt passionate about because What we've seen is that the mainstream health and wellness approach is completely missing the mark when it comes to identifying and addressing the root causes of infertility, just like, you know, pretty much any health issue that we talk about on this podcast. So we wanted to sit down and have a really honest, but graceful conversation about this. And that's why we invited Ashley Rowland on here to talk about this with us, because for four years, she tried anything and everything in the book when it comes to mainstream health and wellness advice to get pregnant. She did the keto, the fasting, the AIP, the paleo, all the supplements, you name it. She's tried it. And that landed her where? Deeper into depletion, deeper into imbalance, deeper into PCOS symptoms, And after four years of feeling like she was doing all the right things, you know, quote unquote, the right things, she learned about her metabolism and minerals and all that had been stripped of her from birth control and fad dieting. And within guys, two months only of working to restore that she got pregnant with her baby boy. So if you are listening right now and currently struggling with infertility, number one, I want you to know that you are not alone. And number two, I want you to know that this episode is for you. If you feel that you are ready to take charge of your health and your own fertility story and heal wholly from the inside out, this is for you. So enjoy the episode. And I hope you guys walk away with some really tangible and practical steps for you guys to get started on your fertility journey to healing. And if you're not currently struggling with infertility, but you know, someone that is, and might like to hear this please feel free to pass this along to them. All right, guys, enjoy the interview. All right, Ashley, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here. Fallon and I have been looking forward to this episode and just diving into everything that you're going to bring to the show today. So let's start out with you telling us a little bit about your experience with your hormonal imbalance journey, because like many of us listening, and I know for myself and Fallon especially, It was honestly when we thought we were doing everything right and living our healthiest lives that we found ourselves in our most unhealthy states. So, and I know that kind of happened to you. So um, tell us a little bit about like what health used to look like for you, you know, nutritionally and lifestyle uh, leading up to you finding yourself in the emergency room. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, So I'll just first start out with, I guess, the fact that I used to be a professional dancer and I was 
just doing all sorts of workouts and everything all the time. I know you've talked about the diet culture. And so that probably slipped into part of my mindset without knowing it. And so that, that was probably started when I was 12 or something. So I'd say that's when it all began with the, I'm only going to eat salads, like iceberg lettuce with ranch on them or something, (laughs) or I'm only going to have a smoothie or, Oh, I am. I don't even know where the thoughts came from, but it was like, that's, that's too much, or I can't eat that, or I need to look for the bagel fins instead of, you know, just weird little nuances in my mind. And so from the time I was 12 until the time I was probably 18, that's what I did. And I was simultaneously eating a diet of Totino's pizza, Pop-Tarts, off-brand Lucky Charms, and Nesquik strawberry milk. And I wouldn't (laughs) even eat any fruit, like even bananas. I hated it. And um, so then just fast forwarding, um, right before I turned 18, I was dealing with a lot of issues. So I was uh, diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. They mm. say, were saying that I had several markers for celiac and, um, then the Hashimoto's. So there was all sorts of a hot, um, autoimmunity going on in there. And so I started getting bone spurs in my hip. And I always say this was my my God moment in my life because one day I was in point and, um, the bone spurs, they, I mean, they must've just cut through my muscle. I fell on the ground and I couldn't dance anymore, but that was my life. And so I didn't really know what was next. And I remember the doctors telling me I had to have surgery. I was only 16 at this point. And I was like, no, I'm not doing surgery. I'm not taking medicine. I was always like weirdly anti-medicine, but I didn't really have a reason. So I I wasn't, I also wasn't natural medicine. So I just (laughs) did nothing. And, um, So when I was 18, I moved to Kauai from Alaska and the family that I moved with to nanny, they were like totally how I eat now, 100% organic, everything free, all all the things. And I'm like, what what is going on? I like brought a bunch of Girl Scout cookies with me and would like binge on them because they had no, (laughs) nothing like other than dates for sugar and stuff like that. And just a month of being there and eating that way. I felt 100% better. And the most interesting part of the whole story is I went back in to get another scan done of the bone spurs when I got back to Alaska and the doctor was yelling at me, wondering why I went and got surgery somewhere else when it would have been free at that clinic because I'm Alaska native. And um, I was like, I didn't get surgery. And they had literally decalcified just from that clean eating. And that's when I had that clicking moment. So that's when I started when I was 18 years old. And then for the next six years, it was kind of the diet culture happened, the fad diets, the healing diets. So I tried no sugar, no oil, paleo, keto, AIP, all of that. And then that, that led me to where I got married to my husband. We couldn't get pregnant and I was quote unquote doing everything right. Mm. But clearly I wasn't like, I knew I wasn't doing something right because if I was doing it right. I would be pregnant. My skin would be clear. I wouldn't be bloated. I wouldn't have the outer third of my eyebrows missing lip thinning. I mean, every sign that most women are dealing with. Okay. So this is crazy. So you're basically like doing all the right things, eating super clean. And then what led you to like crashing and burning basically? Yeah. So after about, let's see, six years of all the, the healthy things, you know, the perfect bars, the fish oil, the fasting, the keto, the whatever, you name it, all of it. Um, after about six years of that, I was just feeling depleted. I was feeling exhausted. 
every ovulation test was coming back negative. So there's, there's no LH on any of my tests, every pregnancy test negative. Um, you know, there were some things that had improved because I was living a, a more non-toxic lifestyle. Um, and, and towards the end of that, I was really eating, like I thought really well, 100% organic, no preservatives, no chemicals in my home, no flame retardants on my couches, being outside, you know, grounding, getting all of that earth medicine and watching the sunrise and still I could not get pregnant. So I knew that there was still something wrong. And that's when I started stepping back and I was like, okay, something's got to give here, but I still didn't know what it was. And it was shortly after that, that we were driving when we were living in our van full time. And I told Tommy pull over at this gas station right now. I thought I was going to crap my pants <laughs> because I started like losing control of my body because I was about to pass out. Oh my gosh. What we now found out was the PCOS. And so I started getting really intense cramping in my stomach. And so I went back to the van and laid in the bed and and I'm like, it's fine. And then I'm like, okay, I'm starting to feel like I am losing control of my like basic things that I need to have control over. And so we pulled over at this tiny town in Tennessee and I am so disgusted by gas station bathrooms. But I'm like leaning on it because it's cold and I'm like trying to keep it from making me pass out. And I can't even grab the door because I'm so weak and I don't do medicine at all of any kind. Like when I got my wisdom teeth out, I didn't do painkillers. I don't do it. I don't do any of it. Tylenol, nothing. And I walked out and I was like, get me some Tylenol. My husband was like, what are you sure? And I'm like, get me Tylenol. Like, I just thought I was dying. And so he, this is another God thing. He tried (laughs) three times to swipe our credit card that has very sufficient funds on it for this $2 purchase. And it declined, declined, declined every time. And, um, that was the moment I like was coming in and out of consciousness and ended up in the ER and, uh, ended up actually explaining to the doctors what was going on with me because they didn't know what was going on with me. So it was like, I paid them two grand to teach them about what was going on with me. And, um, and so I had about three more of those episodes after, and I was still doing the quote unquote clean eating. And then that's when I actually passed out and was like, I have got to figure something out. And that's when I met my doctor. He's one of my friends. Um, he's actually pretty Insta famous now because he did that uh, thing on vaccines, Dr. Leland Stillman. Um, he's one of our friends we met in Florida. And so he's like, you have to look at the root cause protocol. I think minerals are what is what's wrong with you. I think you're so depleted based on your history of birth control, stress, overworking out. I mean, all of it, you have got to try this. And that's when within two months I got pregnant. So it was, it was crazy. Unreal. So tell us how you stumbled into the metabolism sphere and then kind of what it looked like for you to start realizing that your metabolic health and, you know, metabolic markers were actually linked to your PCOS. Cause this is still kind of a fact that's not super common for, you know, this uh, diagnosis in particular. So what was your journey like finding that you know, oh, hey, my, my PCOS is actually linked to my metabolism. Tell us kind of about that a little bit. Yeah. So that is such a good point. A lot of women don't understand that it all starts at the metabolism. Like if you Mm. have PCOS, if you have insulin problems, if you have blood sugar imbalance, if you have thyroid problems, your metabolism is out of whack. I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's not like one of those things where we say, oh, it may be linked to this, like it's linked to this. And, um, 
So as I was saying before, my doctor, Dr. Stillman, he was talking to me about minerals and, you know, running these tests on me. And he's like, well, you know, you're depleted in a lot of things from the birth control and like how many calories a day are you eating and whatever. And so just starting to learn about those markers and then seeing how this is different. Like I, I remember when I first started reading about the root cause protocol, I just thought this is different. And this is something that I think I'm going to do like for the rest of my life. And my husband says the same thing. He said, this actually feels natural (laughs) because even my, like my husband would do everything with me. He tried bulletproof. He tried keto. He, and it, we would do it. Like we we're like all in kind of people and we would do it, but it just was not sustainable. And not because you can't do it. You can do whatever you could eat low fat or low carb, whatever for the rest of your life. Um, if you have enough self-control, but it did not feel normal. And this just felt normal. It made sense to me that, okay, why would I be supplementing this if it's going to be depleting this? And, and that's where like AIP, paleo, keto, all they're doing is removing all of the triggers and they're never identifying the cause. And that's the big issue with functional medicine is it's all about, oh, remove the trigger. But why do you have the trigger in the first place? And so when you step back and look at that, you can see, okay, if I'm able to look at metabolic markers, if I'm able to look at my thyroid health and my TSH levels and my LH and my FSH and my progesterone and my hormones, I'm going to have a big picture of what kind of stress is going on in my body. And I'm going to actually heal. And if you're hesitant to believe that, or you think it's a bunch of crap. Um, I mean, look at us, look at all three of us on this podcast right now and all the women in the metabolic world. Yeah. You get things like you may gain a little weight when you first start, but that's because your metabol your metabolism has adapted to that type of eating and that type of stress. And if we just keep with all the intermittent fasting and all these things, we see people posting their weight loss journeys and this and this and this, and then you see them a year later and all of that weight plus more is back Mm -hmm. because it's not sustainable and it's just wrecking our bodies more. Yeah. I would actually love to talk about more about what you said about functional medicine and just the approach that they take a little bit later, but let's jump back to kind of your fertility journey along this time. You mentioned like you were taking like pregnancy tests after pregnancy tests and weren't getting pregnant. Like what, what was that like for you during that time? Did you, were you just trying like one thing after another and like, what were, what were your resources at that time when it came to like your infertility journey? So when it came to my infertility journey, I remember just thinking, so like me and my husband never were not trying. That's what we say. We never didn't try. And so the fact that I wasn't pregnant, people will say, if you haven't gotten pregnant for a year, that's infertility. The fact that we didn't get pregnant in the first couple months to me, I was like, there's something wrong. And, um, Mm. I had no sex drive. That's something that I remember going away when I got on the birth control pill, when I was 14 years old. And to be honest, that literally my sex drive just started coming back probably within the last two months, like for the first time in my life. And, um, I completely credit that to just supporting my metabolism. But Mm. I just remember I would, I would test my ovulation, test my ovulation. It was negative and it was just completely, um, it felt just defeating. And then it was also really pissing me off because I was spending a ton of money on supplements and on this kind of food or that kind of bar or making sure I don't get that kind of ingredient. And then you get people in your life that are like, well, I don't understand you're doing everything right. You should be, you know, you should have five kids by now. And I'm like, well, I freaking 
know. So, you know, like, I don't know what the deal is. And, and then if my period would be late, I would take a pregnancy test, negative, negative, negative. And I remember one time I left the test out when we were living in Florida for like a week and it's so humid there. So it made like a condensation positive. And I was like, this might be it, but I knew it wasn't. Um, and then that was kind of the point where I realized if my body isn't getting pregnant, I really need to stop trying because if I do get pregnant, yes, it's, I don't think it's going to be a good thing. I know that God always works everything for good, but, and I know he could have done whatever, but just thinking of how depleted my body was from minerals, how iron overloaded copper, no protein. Like I was literally aiming to eat. I remember like 30 to 40 grams of protein a day. And now I eat 130 grams of protein a day. And, um, I just remember, just remember somebody, one of my mentors telling me, you need to support your body for two years before you get pregnant. And I was devastated because I had wasted so much time doing all this stupid stuff, but I wanted to take it seriously. And that's kind of when I, I, that's when I learned about AIP and AIP out of all of the things was the most helpful for me because for once I didn't feel bloated, but still I wasn't at, you know, at the, the, the source Mm. of why I was feeling bloated. I was just removing these foods that were making me bloated. Um, and, and I had a really awesome mentor, the lady that I nannied for in Hawaii, she was helping me. I had my teacher from my nutrition program and I like to surround myself with other like-minded people, but most of those people were still in that like fad diet, health food sphere. And we're just giving me more misinformation. And, and I was watching them not heal and wondering why I wasn't healing. And, and I just knew I had to do something different. So it was such a breath of fresh air to see just like simple things. Like when I started the minerals, my eyebrows started growing back and like my skin started clearing up. And it was, it was really, really encouraging because as we know with birth control, when I got off of birth control, it was like hell's gates opened. I was 150 pounds. I gained 30 pounds on the birth control pill. My skin was clear, but when I got off of it, it was horrible. And I was just a raging B word. I mean, I feel so bad for people that had to deal with me when I was in high school, but it literally jacks you up. Mm. How, did you say, how long did this journey last for you? this infertility Um, journey seven years wow yep my god I started when I was 18 and I'm 25 now and Mm -hmm. I finally feel like when I got pregnant with the boy um that was like the first time I actually felt like I had control over my health and Mm -hmm. no no cravings like just you know I remember just feeling so like out of control with those other diets because if there was like a cookie you're like like fiending for it. And now I just like, I just, there's not room for really anything in my diet that isn't nutrient dense. Cause I need like every calorie to be giving me something. And it, it's just, I don't know. It's really freeing. I think mm-hmm. a lot of my clients will be kind of nervous or how do I get 130 grams of protein? Or what about if I want to eat this? I'm like, sure. Try to eat that at the end of the day, after you've gotten in your liver and your protein and like, there won't be room for it and you won't want it. Mm-hmm such a good point. And this is exactly why we wanted to have you on specifically because, you know, you do have this entire journey that's so long. That's so long, Ashley. 
Um, so you just have this, this gentleness and grace in your heart, you know, for women that are carrying this issue and so much knowledge around it. So I just, this conversation has been so good. I do want to come back to the bit about, you know, the standard infertility approach and even the functional medicine approach and how it's really just lacking and sometimes overcomplicating things. Um, I know one thing Corey and I talk about frequently is the need for our body to feel safe in order to carry another life, because if our body's not safe, how are we going to support another body? Um, and I think so many of the fertility approaches that are currently offered or maybe popular are sort of a band-aid approach instead of actually contributing to feelings of safety in your body. So like you said, Ashley, you know, things like healing diets. Um, and I don't know about you, I get put under fire for this a lot because I, I agree. I think so-called healing diets still fall into the category of damaging diets because of how often they leave us either low calorie or, you know, low nutrient or with this really extreme food fear. And that's something that, you know, I've talked about dealing with so much and none of these things are going to contribute to lowering our stress levels and improving feelings of safety in our body. But we still see these being promoted for women trying to conceive. So let's round back to kind of the initial question here. Can you break down why you feel like the conventional and even functional approaches to fertility have totally led us astray? Yes, absolutely. So just the, the one sentence response that I'll kind of go into is the fact that functional medicine and, you know, just modern medicine alike, they are focusing on removing the triggers, but no one is identifying the cause of what is actually going on inside of our bodies. And so you will, you know, like with medications, so their purpose, like, oh, you're not ovulating, let's force your body to ovulate rather than why aren't you ovulating or, oh, you're having blood sugar imbalances well, maybe let's figure out what's, what's going on with your mineral levels. Why are your blood, why is your blood sugar imbalanced? And instead they're just forcing, 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 let's turn on estrogen receptor, you know, blockers and all of these other things that it's just push, push, push. And, and women don't understand, like your body is not sabotaging you. Your body is not broken. Your body is not like rebelling against you. I remember I used to have that mindset, like it's rebelling against me for all the years of damage that I did. And that is not the case. It is adapted to, it has adapted to what you have been feeding it, giving it uh, what you've, you know, let come into your eyes and through your ears and through your mouth. And then it's, it's us just pushing, 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 and your body can only handle that for so long. And so I think that until even in the functional sphere, they start focusing on our basic biology, our basic physiology and those needs, women are just gonna keep throwing back the Clomid, keep throwing back the metformin, being recommended to do IVF treatments. And I understand that that can be a really, really painful and touchy situation and topic to talk about, but it isn't the natural way. It isn't the normal way. And, and sometimes I do tell my clients sometimes there has been damage done from man-made things that do have to be assisted with man-made things. But you really have to sit back and say, was that your first offense or was it your last offense? Because metformin is a first, a first line drug. It's a first line, take this, this will be fine. And, and people don't, people don't even look at the side effects. They don't even think, well, why do I need to take this? Why would I want to take Clomid or, or what is it going to do to my body? Are there any side effects? Are there any risks? They just want that baby, but you need to give yourself time to heal. And then that baby will come And And I, I remember asking God, like, and telling my husband, like, maybe, 
maybe I won't have a kid. Like I literally started believing maybe I won't have a kid. And I, but I refused to do any medical interventions of any kind. And Tommy's like, you will, but you have to, you have to believe that what you're doing is actually right. And actually the most natural way in supporting your body. And I have seen nothing but success with my clients, clients that have been, have not had a period for 10 years. One of my clients has not had a period for 10 years. She just sent me a text message of seven positive pregnancy tests Mm, from implementing these things. I just get the chills all over my body. And I get those texts all the time from my clients. And I think that's important to say because she's been trying to fix things for a long time. And then she's been working on her metabolism with me for almost a year. It takes time. And then Mm. some of them, one of my other clients, it took her two months and she was pregnant. So we just can't compare ourselves to other women. So Ashley, essentially you created your own blueprints to your fertility, you know, upon realizing that the wellness world had just way too much noise going on. And then modern medicine, of course, was not addressing the root cause. Um, and you got pregnant within two months of applying those blueprints. So, and I love that this is like your message to women now. Um, so what would you say is kind of like your biggest driving home point? If you could, you know, share with any woman who is struggling with the same things that you used to struggle with, because that's why you created your course in the first place. Like, it's just like, Hey, what I wish I would have known, you know, years and years and years ago. So what would you say is like the biggest point you want to share with women through those blueprints that you've created? Yeah. So I love that you said that. Cause that's the purpose of my course is to learn in the way I wish I would have learned <laughs> rather than the way I did learn, because I mean, you can't live in the what ifs, but I'm like, what if I would have, you know, done this pro metabolic thing seven years ago, it, you know? So, um, I think the, the most important thing is that you have to truly step back and get really, really, really simple and look at the basics. And this question that I'm going to ask is, is not only for women who are trying to get pregnant, but it's what does my body need to be fertile and to be fertile, your body's trying to create a baby. So I get a lot of people like, well, I don't want to get pregnant. I don't want to do this. Even if you're not trying to get pregnant, you need to be supporting your fertility. That is your health, your vitality. So what are the basic needs that your body has to create a life? And, um, simple healing for me began with nature. And I think that if, if we just step back and see that it really simplifies everything. What is not in nature? Toxins, chemicals, blue light, EMF. I mean, the list goes on of things that you will rid your life of and create so much space for other things that are in nature, like high quality food, high quality water, the way that it used to be. Like what I would do to just drink out of a stream, like nobody even understands. I just always picture just being like in the garden, like in Eden. And just that pure, fresh water that was full of all the magnesium bicarbonate and all the minerals that we need. And um, we're, you know, we're getting sun, we're getting fresh air and we're putting our feet on the earth and getting the earth's free medicine in the form of all the electrons going up into our body and, and creating a space to allow for when stress does happen, uh, that our bodies are ready, you know, to fight it, to combat it, because stress is a normal part of life. And um, I'm, I'm not a sugar, a sugar coat kind of person, if you have me on Instagram, but, and I, and I don't ever want to seem harsh, but if you can't take the few minutes, like in my course, I recommend the Simplistic Sunrise Club to go outside and watch the sunrise, or to take the one to five minutes it takes to track your pulse, 
like you're not ready to embark on the actual healing journey. And I think that's what's so attractive about all the fad diets. It's a yes and no, do this, this is quick, prep that, it's in your fridge, and then you can just keep living your normal life. It's a lifestyle overhaul. And in reality, we have tons of time. I did a survey and my clients and my followers were spending five plus hours a day on their phone and at least 10 minutes a day in the coffee shop waiting, you know, to get their coffee. So you don't have time to go outside for three minutes in the morning, or you don't have time to put your uh, thermometer in your mouth or your underarm and take your temperature. It, it's really just a question more of like, are you willing to do it because it works because it's the way we were designed to live. Mm, that was such a good answer. Really. So beautiful. I love all the imagery you shared there. Um, you, you have talked about so many good things, but to kind of simplify and wrap up this portion what would you say are the top three contributors to fertility? Number one might seem just very simple and shocking, but it's just to eat enough. We are just living in a culture of chronic undereating. It blows mm -hmm. my mind. I had a client put in the chronometer or however you say it. I don't know how to say the app. Um, and it was four o'clock in the evening and they thought they had eaten enough. They had eaten 672 calories. This is wow. a highly stressed woman um, it was my mom. I'm just going to say, <laughs> and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Just so people know that I'm not like saying that to my clients, but I was like, you have got to be kidding me in, in like 200 of it was from like cream and her coffee in the morning without any food. And I'm like, you have issues. <laughs> so one is that we need to be eating enough. Two is that we need to rid ourselves and our homes of environmental pollutants and some unconventional ones that people don't often think of are NNEMF, so non-native electromagnetic frequencies and artificial blue light. Those are linked everywhere. I have tons of studies all over my course, all over my Instagram, all over my blog. They are linked to infertility, miscarriage. I mean, they are linked to it. And then the third is really, really, really to focus and hone in on your minerals because your minerals are everything. In your guys's other episode with Amanda from Hormone Healing RD, like if you haven't heard that episode, you need to go back. The minerals, you have to have balanced minerals or I mean, you just, you will not have health. I mean, they are literally the base of everything that happens in your body. That's amazing. Yeah. That actually like, it simplifies so much and yet gives people like so many practical tools to like go look for, you know, like how many, how many Wi-Fi, how many Wi-Fi routers are getting to, into your house? Um, interestingly, I had a course student who told me she had a long, um, history of infertility and was able to get pregnant. And she told me that every single person in her neighborhood, um, every single friend that she knew in her neighborhood was having fertility issues. Um, and I asked her how many routers, you know, how many signals were getting into her house. I think it was over 17. And this is at a time where, I mean, you know, COVID happened, lockdowns happened, everyone started working from home, everyone got the boosters, everyone got like the really high quality signals. And interestingly, at the same time is when a lot of these fertility issues started happening and it just can't be overlooked. Turn on your Wi-Fi and see how many things stack up. That's how many signals are getting to you. And then you can go to antennasearch.com and type in your address and it will show you how many antennas and how many cell phone towers and if any of them are 5G or within a radius of you. And I mean, it's, it's just crazy. It's just, it's just bizarre. I actually used that after going through your course, Ashley. And I remember telling Corey, like, hi, I'm moving tomorrow. <laughs> 
we're surrounded by towers and all kinds of signals and I was like bye sometimes like disheartening and discouraging and so you're like okay what can I do from the inside of my house mm-hmm. to help me um because yeah it's I mean I've had clients send and they have like 200 and I'm like oh, what we have two within four miles of us and that's like oh I just I can't it's, it's actually like, I mean, if you have the ability to, I, I like when people are in a season of trying to figure out where to live. And I'm like, honestly, you can use that as a tool to help you figure out a, a good location for your family to thrive. That's what we um, did. And that's why it took us five months to find a house. <laughs> I bet. But then you found one, right? Okay, good. Um, so let's jump into a little bit of the audience Q and a, we had so many questions. A lot of you guys were so excited for this episode. So I'm going to jump into the first question. Um, Ashley, at what point would you seek like testing and one-on-one support on your fertility journey? I know that HTMA tests, I mean, this is like such a foundational test. At what point in your fertility journey, would you go get an HTMA test and, you know, sign up one-on-one with a practitioner like yourself even? Mm-hmm. So for me, again, teaching what I wish I would have known after I didn't get pregnant for a couple months, I just wish I would have, I wish I would have had someone that I trusted to seek help from, because it wasn't that I didn't want to, it's that I, I knew that every doctor or every person that I went to was going to tell me to cut out dairy, cut out gluten, do da, 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 da. And so now that you guys have a a huge, huge pool of people to choose from. Just do it now. Test. Don't guess. If you're listening to this podcast, you have some kind of symptom. If not, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast Mm -hmm. and even just running an HTMA, hiring someone. So like myself, I know Amanda from the last episode, she does the HTMA, um, just reviews. There's several other people. I think Meg Langston on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I just know their Instagram names. Um, (laughs) And, uh, I mean, just, just do it. It's so affordable and it is just monumental for your health because even with just that simple review, like with what I do, I provide you just a basic protocol, um, based on your findings, just recommendations that I would recommend for you. And I mean, people have gotten pregnant just from that, just because they had really, 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 really high iron because their birth control was giving them 75 milligrams, I think per pill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it was depleting all their copper And, um, so, I mean, just if, if you're here and you're asking that question, now is the time I'm not saying to hire me, but get Corey's course, get my course, get Fallon's meal plans, start doing something and start working with someone who's going to give you direct, um, direct attention and look at what's going on with you because you will just keep spinning your wheels. If you don't test your minerals, there is no way to know other than some, symptoms but symptoms mimic symptoms and high calcium looks like low calcium looks like high magnesium looks like high iron and it's just confusing and so yeah I would I would say definitely um, just seek that help now and, and make sure that you're getting the test that works so the HTMA which is the hair tissue mineral analysis doing a full Monty iron panel so not just getting your iron done that doesn't mean anything um, if you're getting your thyroid panels done, make sure you're getting a full thyroid panel. Make sure they're not just testing one random TSH marker that literally tells us nothing. Um, and then another helpful test is like a stool test. But other than that, like, I don't really even recommend 
blood tests for a lot of this because a lot of minerals and nutrients are inter intracellular, meaning that they're inside of our cells. So they're not going to be in our blood. So just like a serum test isn't going to tell you anything. I love this advice to just dive into one-on-one -on -one support if you feel like you need it, because you know, with, with, of course, the caveat that you're seeking out the right type of help, because like you said, there's so many practitioners that are not really going to address the root cause. And so I love, you know, all the names that you mentioned and just this idea of really working to heal our metabolism and then pursuing tests that will actually give us insight into that. So I, to follow up to the tests you just mentioned, I'm curious, are there any types of tests that you maybe don't find helpful in light of a fertility journey? And then I'm also curious to hear your thoughts on like a Dutch test in this um, scenario and if that can be another helpful thing and then you know what is kind of just a, a waste of money at this point absolutely yes so i forgot to mention the dutch i love dutch tests so i mm. use if you work in um if you work with me in either my three or six month programs it includes a dutch test and it includes an htma and the dutch test is phenomenal because it shows you it doesn't just show you your estrogen, your testosterone, your androgens, DHEA. It shows you all the pathways and your, you know, inflammatory markers, interleukin-6 and all of that different stuff. So I definitely recommend a Dutch test. Um, test that I don't recommend, like I said, is like a one-off thyroid marker. Like if your doctor's like, do you want me to run your TSH? Just be like, no, I don't. And, and I have a whole lesson on this in my course. It's called fire your doctor. It's very like blatant. <laughs> because I get so pissed. Um, you tell them what you want. Like you tell them what you want. They don't tell you what you want or what you need. You say, I want a full thyroid panel done period. End of discussion. So no one-off tests, like don't just randomly test your magnesium or, or randomly test one thyroid marker. I also, I don't recommend, I used to, I do not recommend food sensitivity tests. I think they are a waste of money. Um, I think they create a lot of noise and confusion. And then before you know it, you're eliminating blueberries and pineapples and <laughs> birch tree sap and like random stuff that you're like, what? Um, and then, like I said, with the blood work, obviously blood work does have a time and place. I'm not like poo-pooing on blood work, but for these specific things, an HTMA and a Dutch test, and I think you're pretty set to go. And if you want to go deeper, you can do the Monty um, iron panel, and then you can do the stool test, like GI mapping. That is such fantastic advice. I hope you guys know how valuable that information is. Like it can take people decades to come to the realization of what Ashley just shared. And, you know, for Fallon and myself, not to speak for Fallon, but I know for me, I've like completely moved away from general practitioners. You know, I use like specialty people like someone like Ashley for an HTMA, that would be like the route I would take as opposed to going to my, you know, general practitioner and being like, Hey, can I do an, a mineral test? You want someone that, I mean, we talked about this in the minerals episode as well, but you want someone that understands iron metabolism. You want someone that understands antagonists. You want someone that understands your metabolism, your biology as a whole. And not that practitioners don't, but honestly, a lot of them are not trained in this, in this information. And so this is why it's so great to just like be your own practitioner, be your own advocate for your health, and then, you know, outsource for those specialty tests and, and for people that really understand how to use them, like the services that Ashley offers. 
So jumping back into fertility, I know you mentioned Clomid and metformin and IVF. Let's talk a little bit more about those treatments. I had so many questions about like, is Clomid a good option on your fertility journey? Like as a last resort, you know, like, would you use IVF if you couldn't, if you couldn't get pregnant for a few years and when, but I would like to talk about just if you even think that these have a place in your opinion in a fertility journey. Um, or are they counterintuitive to, to healing the root cause of the issue? Absolutely. So my Instagram simplistic, you can come send me all the hate mail. Um, <laughs> I am absolutely not about to discredit, uh, from people's situations where they have used these things, oh, baby, um, where they have used these things and these treatments. I have friends that have beautiful kids from IVF and from having babies on Clomid. So if you have, this is not to make you feel any lesser than you are. You made the decision that you thought was the best for you. And that's what this is all about. Making the decision that you feel is the best for you, because we want you to do your own research. We don't want you mm-hmm. coming to us with every question. Like, should I do this? Should I do this? Like, I don't know. Should you? And so I'm just going to just talk about the facts and, um, just, you know, just spit out the science. And I personally think they are, like you said, they're counterproductive. They're counterintuitive. If your body cannot get pregnant, it cannot get pregnant. So what is going on? All the friends that I've talked about who have used these interventions are usually doing some kind of really intense CrossFit keto kind of lifestyle. And I, I believe that if they would have switched to a more pro metabolic, just, you know, not being so worried about being toned and not having a pooch quote unquote on their tummy. Um, I think they could have conceived naturally, you know, we never know, but the thing with Clomid, so Clomid is an S they call it S E R M. It's a selective estrogen receptor modulator. And basically it is inhibiting estrogen at the like hypothalamus level. And so it's making it to where your body is being forced to ovulate in a lot of times from several different follicles. And that's why a lot of people on Clomid will have like twins or triplets. And, and so, you know, that has, I mean, I think it's awesome, but that, you know, in the studies, they talk about increased risk for complications and different things like that. But the biggest, the biggest thing to me is like, why did you just have to force your body to ovulate? And if you had to force your body to ovulate, what else are you going to have to force yourself to do to support a pregnancy and to support, you know, healthy mineral levels and all of that, when you could have just done those things in the beginning. So again, this is not for people who have already done this. This is for, if you have the question about it baby noises. Um, and another important thing to, to cover with Clomid is that it thins our endometrial lining. And so a lot of women are dealing with a thin endometrial lining already. So why would you be taking something else that's going to be another contributor to this? And this drug has a half-life of a week. So it's, it's like, it's in there for a long time and it, and it gets worse with each subsequent use. It, it grows and it grows and it grows and it stays in your body for quite a long time. And deposits in your soft tissues and your cells. And, um, the most interesting thing to me about the Clomid is that in 30% of the women that they were doing studies on their cervical mucus became completely, uh, it just became completely, uh, what's the word hostile, like hostile towards sperm. So Mm. now they were actually infertile from the Clomid when they were trying to take it for the opposite reason. So that's my little spiel on Clomid. And then you have metformin. So again, why are you pushing your body to do something 
that it's not doing on its own. So why do we need to balance, force our body to have a balanced blood sugar when we could just do things like eat carbs, maybe, mm. I don't know. Like metformin decreases um, the glucose that's produced by your liver. It decreases glucose that's absorbed by your body. It makes you more sensitive to, sensitive to insulin. So if you already have insulin sensitivity, which 70% of women with PCOS have, why would you take this? I've, I've worked with clients um, several years ago. She, well, now that I look at it, she was definitely dealing with PCOS. Didn't know that then, but she came to me for diabetes. And I just put her on berberine. Like I just suggested berberine. Like, why don't you just try this natural thing? And that kind of promotes your body to balance it on its own. But you really just have to look at why am I going to take this? And the, the answer to both of those mm. is I'm taking this to force myself to ovulate and I'm taking this to force um, blood sugar balance in my body. And then look at other ways to do it naturally. And that's what the whole pro-metabolic community is about. I have to be honest, I feel like this question was almost impossible to answer with a perfect mixture of grace and truth. And I think you absolutely nailed it. Just acknowledging the fact that this is a hard conversation and that there are so many women who have gone this route. And that doesn't mean that that wasn't an okay choice for them, you know, at that time, but that we also have to be aware of all of these other factors. And I just want to applaud you. I really actually wanted to behind the microphone here, but you would have heard it and that would have been bad. <laughs> but everything you said was just so beautifully worded. I think it was such a good answer. Um, and you did talk about PCOS with insulin resistance and how that affects, would you say like 70% of women? So let's talk about that to wrap up the Q&A section. How would you suggest managing that scenario? Because so many people are pretty confused on the root cause of insulin resistance and how to manage it. So we'd love to dive into that to wrap up. Is this and, and I'm curious, is this something that you dealt with on your PCOS journey? So uh, while I never was specifically tested for insulin resistance or saw the markers for that, the fact that 70% of women with PCOS are dealing with that means probably that it's higher than that because science is always conservative. Um, and so I just treated it like that. And uh, one person I love for this, which everyone in this community probably knows about is Jessica Ash with Jessica Ash Wellness. She talks on this all the time. And what's crazy to us is when someone comes to us with insulin resistance, uh, they're like, so I've cut out all carbs. And you're like, why? <laughs> and it's because there's so much noise. And so when you understand the mechanism of carbohydrates in your body and how we literally need them to live, and that if you're in like keto, if you're like in ketosis, um, your body has resorted to an adaptive form of making energy by eating your soft tissues. Um, you just see like, okay, that doesn't really make sense. And so with, um, with the PCOS and insulin resistance, the number one thing not to do is do not cut out carbs. Like you need carbs. So there's something else that's going wrong. Are you, did you for a long time just only eat sugar, never paired with protein and never having any fats with your meals? Like, what is the stress? What are your mineral levels? This is where minerals come in. You need potassium. Like potassium is crucial here and potassium is crucial um, for thyroid health, for adrenal health. And, um, and it's just really, really important that we look at all those minerals. So you can just, 
you can make the decision yourself and just say, you know, I'm probably dealing with insulin resistant PCOS and this is, this is how I'm going to do it. So you're going to make sure that you're eating enough because if your blood sugar is up and down and up and down and up and down all day, because you're fasting, because it's the cool thing to do, or because you are just not eating carbohydrates because you're like priding yourself on only eating 20 grams of carbs a day, which I tried before. And I had like 50 grams in one meal. I'm like, how is this even possible? So you need to make sure one that you're eating enough, eating regularly enough. And so with my clients, I recommend starting out that they're eating every three hours. And as you, you know, develop in your journey, you can eat a little less frequently, but in the beginning, your body needs that because you're showing your body there's abundance here. There is life here. You can, you can chill, you can relax. I've got you. I, you know, I'm going to support you with what you need. And so, and then making sure that you're pairing your carbs with your protein, which is huge in the, in the pro metabolic world. So just never having one of them apart, which makes it so much better. Cause you like, nobody just wants to eat meat alone. Like you want to eat meat and potatoes and not being afraid of potatoes and, um, and having, you know, just really high quality enzyme rich, pro, um, uh, nutrient rich sources of carbohydrates like honey, maple syrup, um, like I said, organic potatoes and fresh seasonal fruit, all of that is so important and in your body will balance itself out. Yeah. That was such a fantastic summary of that whole issue. And honestly, if you're listening and you have no idea what we're talking about, Jessica Ash's highlight insulin resistance is such a great condensed. I think she just has like a few slides in there to just explain like the root causes of insulin resistance. So please go look up that on Instagram. Um, her Instagram is Jessica Ash wellness and then Ashley. Okay. Tell us about what you got going on in the future. You've got some exciting things, your course relaunches. And then I want you to tell our audience about like what services you offer, um, the preferred way that you, want to be communicated with and just like how people can reach you and follow along with you. Yeah. So some fun things, me and Corey, were building our courses around the same time. And I talk all about Corey's course in my course, because I think it's so important in this space. I mean, I think competition is literally the dumbest thing ever. Yes. Um, so it's all about collaboration. And so, um, in my course, it's called bare naked hormones and it is reopening. So it's been closed for the last six months, but it's reopening on June 1st of 2021. So if you're listening to this podcast before June 5th of 2021, you can get a hundred dollar off coupon with the code BNH open all caps. And, um, Corey will link to my course below, I'm sure, but, um, it's yeah. So the course is just really, it's really just foundational for your health, for your hormone health, your thyroid health, your metabolic health. And it's actually a requirement for anyone who wants to work in my long-term programs with me. So if you want to work with me in a three or six month program, that course is a requirement. If you just want to do a one-off, uh, like HTMA review or something, I don't require that because, um, I just don't, but most people that come to me are sent to me by Corey anyways. And so that's why I approve them. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, I do, I have my course and then I also work one-on-one -on -one with clients, which I used to just have only a one-on-one -on -one client practice, but I only take a select few now since I have a baby boy and, um, in that coaching, it's just, you know, we hop on a zoom call, we go over what's going on in your life, your stress, your food, everything that's going on. And it's, it's a really fantastic way 
just to kind of get an outside look on your life, because that's important even for us who are quote unquote professionals in this field. Like I like to have another holistic person do an HTMA overview for me because they have an outside look rather than me looking at it my own and then thinking of all the different nuances of what I've done or haven't done or whatever. So yeah, you can work one-on-one -on -one with me that way. And then you can also check out the Bare Naked Hormones course and use that code if it's before the 5th of June. All right. Awesome. Yeah, Ashley, I'm so excited for your course to relaunch. I know it's going to help so many women. I'm obsessed with your course. Fallon's taking your course as well. It was just so fantastically put together. It's like a fire hose. <laughs> so thank you so much for being on today and answering these questions. And um, like I said, and I I'm going to link in the show notes, all the ways that you can get in touch with Ashley and get her resources in your hands. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we will see you on the next one.